plenty of room. Uh, just a few announcements before we get started. I want you to be praying for Colton. Colton Gosho is going to be uh, preaching down at the Baptist Church in Walcottville this morning. So keep praying for him. Um, Matt Stutzman's bringing the word this morning. We're excited to hear that. And Pastor Don and, and Lisa are on our way back from their vacation and uh, getting refreshed. Uh, Rod and Betty are going out to Oregon. They're going to be out there for a little bit. So, uh, you know, pray for our leaders as they get refreshed. It's important for them to, to be ready to hear uh, the voice of the Lord in a new and fresh way. So we had a great night last night, ministry night. Uh, power of God has just really poured out. So we uh, want to thank the worship team for all that they did. It was a, a wonderful time in the Lord. Uh, tonight we got a youth group at Aquino's. It's going to be a worship night. So make sure you come out and have a, have a wonderful time. Uh, we want to give a, a word of testimony this morning. And so Karen Hall is going to come up and share a word of testimony as we get started right before worship. I just wanted to um, brag on the Lord. Uh, for the last two weeks, I've been just kind of not in a real good place. Because, you know, when you're changing seasons and... I'm changing a season right now. I'm going from working hard, full-time, work, 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 to kind of a semi-retired place. And I don't know how happy I am about that. <laughs> but you know what? And I've been praying about it. And I've been letting the Lord know how I feel. And I had kind of gotten down in the dumps a little bit. Well, maybe a, a little bit more than a little bit. <laughs> but you know what? God is so faithful. And last night, during the ministry night, I came to the altar. I was crying back there. I was sitting back there just crying and crying, God, why I want to work? I, you know, what's happening here? And, and sisters were ministering back to me back there, praying with me, Clarice and Barb. But I, I wanted Timothy to pray for me, so I came up, and Timothy didn't even know. But he held me, and, and I'm crying, crying. <laughs> And so he just starts praying about the new season the new, and everything I was needing. And I went back and I sat down. And it was good. And then there was a song that we started singing. And it was the one where I just, what is it? Refiner, refiner. To where you just, Jesus, just burn out everything. Just I just give it everything to you. And last night, I had to come back to the altar again. <laughs> so I had a double dip last night. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but I came back again. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I came back again. <laughs> and I just said, I lay it all down. Take all my desires. Take it all down, Lord. I give it to you. I don't want to hold on to anything. And I'm so thankful. What a breakthrough we had last night and I wasn't the only one down here <laughs> when I looked around everybody there was a lot of others too and it was a breakthrough don't wait I said all that to say this don't wait this morning get down here whatever you need from God your breakthrough is here he's he's more than able to give you what you need this morning amen, amen. thank you Karen that's wonderful 
It was a powerful time in the, in the presence of God, and the wonderful thing is we can do it again because the Lord is here. And so at Firm Foundation Ministries, even since the very first service, October 6, 1996, there was a moving of the Spirit, and people came to the altar. Some people will look at that as a as time of prayer. We just prayed for people at the altar. They say, oh, that looks distracting. No, that's, that's a move of God that he started back almost 24 years ago when we started this church. So during worship time, if, if the Lord's laying something on your heart and you just want to uh, come up for prayer, please do. If you have a, a word or something you want to share, uh, please see Tim or Pastor Rod. Uh, they will uh, be the hosts for the morning. So let's pray. Just stand to your feet and let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your presence being here this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are a mighty God. You're able to just demolish strongholds in people's lives. And, Lord, there's nothing too difficult for you. So I pray, God, that you break through again, break through again, break through again, Lord, yes. and, and open the hearts of your people and move in them that they might be the people of God in the community to impact this community. And we just give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Before we get into worship, I just want to let you know that our God, he's, he's always moving. He's always bringing life to dry bones. You know, you can, you can read the, we, we read the Bible, we read the stories, or even re listen to testimonies of the past of, of what God has done. But the thing is, he's still doing it today. He restored marriages in the past. He's going to do it this morning. He's, he's restoring um, just, just sadness to joy. He did that in the past. He's going to do that this morning. So I, we, I don't know what you came in with this morning, but whatever it is, you can lay it down to the Father. You can bring it to the Father with confidence and say, I can have freedom in his presence this morning. You know, and, and last night we did the song Rattle, and where it's talking about bringing, bringing life into the, to the dry bones, to the dead bones. And we believe that through Jesus we have that. So before we go into it, I just want you to guys to sing this part with me. Jesus, you're bringing life to dry bones. Sing, Jesus, you're bringing life to dry bones. Sing it out. Jesus, you're bringing life to dry bones. Yes, we believe it this morning. Sing, Jesus, Jesus.
Amen. You know, we've been uh, practicing a new song. We're gonna, we'll bring it in a week or two when we're ready, but the song basically is asking one simple question. What would you do if he walked into the room? What would you say? How would you sing? How would you praise? How would you worship if he walked into that room? And he's here. What would you say? How would you worship? So whatever you're thinking, how would I? Let's do it now, amen? Because he's ready to move. He is ready to move, amen? Amen. Mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. How many of you believe it? Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. do, Lord. We need a move. Oh, we need, we need a move. We need a move. Bodies. Bodies are still being raised. Hallelujah. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Wonders are still what you do.
Miracles happen when you move. Healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move. Heaven is coming. Oh, miracles happen when you Lord here thank you for your invitation to come in to your holy of holies you've invited us in and that we are covered in your blood we are justified and we can stand in your presence unashamed hallelujah hallelujah in his presence right now. And if the altar's where you meet us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering. It's right here. My life is here. And I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner. I want to be consumed. I want to be tried by fire. How many of you want that this morning? You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. Oh, I want to be tried. 
take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. If your glory wants to come here, let it flow. We want it all. Your fire is consuming. Fill this place, set it ablaze, and I'll be your a sacrifice I want to burn for you and only for you clean my hands Lord, 
Something new this morning. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Oh, holy as God. Yes, you are, Lord. Are you, Lord? 
talked about opening up the grave, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. And I was thinking about when Lazarus, when Mary and Martha's brother, friend of Jesus, he had died. And Jesus was late getting there, a few days, four days, I think. But, you know, and then, of course, Martha starts the blame game. You know, if, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. How many of us are sitting and playing the blame game instead of looking at ourselves? It's so easy to look at others and blame them for where we're at. It kind of goes back to Breno last week. Are we the victim or are we out of victory? But when Lazarus came out of that tomb, he came out. But you know what? He still had his grave clothes on. That's what happens. It's not like you're going to be cleaned up immediately. It's being obedient and hearing the word, deciding to lay down what's in the tomb, blame game, unforgiveness, whatever is holding you back, and to come out. But those grave clothes could still be on. They're going to still be on. It takes a cleaning up. It takes an unwinding of the cloths, little by little by little. But if they do come off, and you just have to put your attention, stop being in the darkness, in that grave, and come out into the light. And you have a family here. We are open and honest. I have done stupid stuff. Rod has done stupid stuff. You know, we all have done stupid stuff. But I tell you once, once that comes out, what you are hiding, once you give it words to, to somebody that you can trust, and you can trust the leaders here, there is something that breaks, and the cloth starts to unwind. So I just want to encourage you, you are in the safety of leadership here and we are here to help there's nothing more we want than to see you come to freedom nothing more than what we want is for you to experience the goodness and all that God has for you so just an encouragement it's okay and we want to help you get rid of those grave clothes we really really do it's tiring sometimes but you know what that's that's ministry it's called it's w-o-r-k but please, 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 don't hold back. Don't hold back. Yes, we received that word. Let's sing it.
take an opportunity here uh, where Anne Renee is going to lead us. Um, and, and most of the kids are getting ready to head back to school. And, and you know what? They're heading back in a situation probably most of us have never had to go back to school in. And we're going to cry out to God this morning um, like we always do. But we're going we're gonna to cry out this morning for God to, to just protect them and, and to love them and, and to, to call them into being a blessing as they go back into the community during a time like this. And so we're going to have Anne Renee, um, you're going to have the audience sit down? All right. We're going to have you sit, and then in a little bit, uh, you can go ahead and grab a seat, and in a little bit, we're going to uh, have you stand um, as we do the song, The Blessing, and we're going to pray um, and sing a blessing over them. Yes. We want to take some time for this. As we all know, this is very important. Our children are very important. All of our students this year, I have like 20 pages. I'm just kidding. It will be fast, maybe. But we don't want to rush through anything that is not important. It, you know, this is important. Anything that is important, we want to take time. Um, 
I know that we haven't talked about Children's Church up front for a little while since we have been back from quarantine, but you have received written communication at the registration. There is um, all the guidelines that we're using uh, during this season, during this time. And before I say any more, I want to thank everyone who has stepped up to teach, to work with the kids here at church. Can you guys give them a hand? We have been able to have... We have Children's Church here at FFM because we have people willing to work with our kids and continue to teach them the Word of God. So we're very grateful for that, very thankful. So we would like to just go through the classes quick. Maybe your child hasn't been in Children's Church and you don't know um, what we do or where it happens. So to my left here in this sanctuary, we have the toddler's room, which is once your baby is walking up until they're potty trained, they go into the toddler's room we call the Little Blessings. And they're um, cared for there during um, the sermon. And then we have the uh, place for all the moms who are nursing who have babies to go. That's next to the Little Blessings room. And in the far corner, we have our preschool kids, three and four-year-olds. Um, that's where they go. Today is Transition Sunday, so those kids that were there up to now and that will be attending kindergarten this school year, you guys are going to move completely across to the last portable there where we have our kindergarten students. So then we have kindergarten, and we have a class of first and second graders, third and fourth. Um, those classes are um, at the portable to my right side. So we have classes up until fourth grade. Fifth graders stay here. So if you're attending fifth grade this year, I don't know where they're at, but they're going to start staying here today done with fourth grade class there in the portables. Today you get to stay in the sanctuary and um, listen to the sermon. Yeah, woo -woo. Um, that's exciting. Also, we want to talk about registration. When you come in and your child is going to attend a class, we ask that they be registered before you come into the sanctuary or as soon as possible. And that if something changes and you decide to keep your child with you, maybe they fell asleep or they're not behaving or for whatever reason, I don't know. You decide that not a good idea today. I'm going to keep my child with me. We ask that if you could please let registration team know because here's what happens. All, we work very hard at keeping all our kids safe. We want them all to be safe. And so all of our teachers have to account for the kids that are on their, um, their list. So if your child is registered and they don't show up, at class, we need to find them. So it would be very helpful if you let us know. Also, if you're coming to church and you don't want to send your kids to children's church, that is totally fine. Kids are welcome in the sanctuary at all times. Uh, we have no issues with that. So if you, if you have questions on the registration part, just let us know. Why are the stickers important? The stickers on the back are important because we need to know their names. We have different teachers who teach, and it's hard to keep track of everyone. And also because that on that sticker is where we know if the child has allergies or not. We serve snacks here at church, and it, we want to be careful. We don't want to give out snacks that your child can't have. And all that information is on that sticker. So that's why it's important. I know some people wonder, why do we need to have this? So everything we do is to better care for the children here at church. So just please... Um, Always ask questions if you have them at any time. I have to look at my notes. It was a lot of stuff. Sorry. The teachers will get me if I don't say this. 
Um, we have an amazing usher team, a security team. If you guys give them a hand right now, they're probably out there. But they work so hard every Sunday to make sure that our kids get to their destination. You know, they're out by the portables. They're making sure they're not running to the playground or just taking off and leaving you here at church. But we have an amazing team, and they make sure that your child gets to the, the classrooms that they need to get to. So um, that they will also help you at the end of the service because today we're switching classes. They will help you show you where the portables are at, which classroom your kids is at. So as long as you know as a parent what grade level your child is in this year, then we'll find it. We'll find your kid for you, okay? But you need to know. Do you know what grade your child is in this year? Say amen if you do. Oh, that was not very... Man, I'm, I'm getting worried here. <laughs> if you know what grade your child is in, we will not have issues. So I'll have that conversation later today with your kid. Um... I think that's all for, for the part of what, how Children's Church works here. But always, you know, feel free to come and ask us any questions that you have when it comes to, to our kids here at church. We have an amazing group of people who love serving. And so at this time, I'm going to have Nancy and Elizabeth come up. Nancy works for, um, works here in, you can come up, looks, uh, works for the schools here in Centerville. Elizabeth was a um, school teacher at Sturgis and Grand Rapids, and now she gets to do that at home. So <laughs> I've asked them to, to come help pray. So there's two parts to this. Like I said, we're not in a hurry today. We're going to take time for this. It's very important. First, we're going to pray for all the students up to college, all of the students that are here that will be in class. We're going to pray for you. If you're watching online, we want to ask that you gather your kids around you and also spend this time praying for them. We're going to pray for the kids first, and then we will pray for all the educators. So, Nancy. As I was thinking about all the kids, and I had an opportunity last night at ministry night to pray with a little girl that loves the Lord. And I just was thinking about all the children and the older kids that are here in our church. You guys have great opportunities this next year, whether you're at home or whether you're going to be in school. And I thought of a few scriptures that I want to read. This was one of the scriptures I told a little girl last night. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers, and I would say, and to the unbelievers, in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in truth, in purity. You guys are going to have a lot of opportunities to help a lot of kids that don't know what to do. They're going to have a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings coming into church, uh, school this year. And you guys are going to have a great opportunity to help those kids that look sad or they don't know uh, what's going on. You're going to have a, such a great opportunity to even pray for them. You guys can do that in school. You guys know that, right? I'm going to give you permission to pray in school. There's another scripture in Isaiah 54:13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. So, Lord, I just want to pray for all the children this year. I know some of them are already back in school, God, and we just thank you 
for what you're doing already. We thank you for your protection. God, I believe you can do all things. God, and I just thank you that you're going to be over and in and through these children this year. In Jesus' name, I pray for your protection over them physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God, I just thank you for a great opportunity that we have, especially this year, to speak about the faithfulness of the Lord. Help us to be bold, Lord. Help us to be bold. I love talking to these children. I love being with them. I love teaching them, not just about reading, but reading about and hearing about God. It comes up. It comes up. I'm going to take the opportunity. Lord, I pray each one of these kids would take the opportunity to help and the downtrodden to lift up those that look sad to go and ask somebody, can I pray for you? Is there something I can do for you? Lord, I pray as they get into the word, these children, they would read your word and it would be a rhema word. Give them dreams and visions, even as they go to school. Lord, I thank you for all these kids that are represented here in our church. And I pray as they, you send them in to the schools, God, that you would just light them on fire for you. They wouldn't be shy. They'd be bold for you and not be afraid to speak up and know and have faith that God can touch these kids because they've got their own testimony of how the Lord's touched them. And God, we thank you for great things that are going to happen this year, your good reports that are going to come. Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you today for all of these kids, whether they're in kindergarten or whether they're in their last year of college. God, we thank you that you're going with them. Just be over them and protect them the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear you. And so I thank you that you're going to be encamped around these schools, around these children, and as they travel. Bless your name, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. like to have teachers, administrators, school staff stand so we can pray for you. Children's church teachers, if, if you are in any teaching capacity, I mean homeschool teachers, whatever, if you were a teacher this past spring, <laughs> that's probably every parent who has kids in school, we just want to pray for you. Um, first, I just want to share a quick testimony. Um, so this spring, nobody was really prepared for what happened. I mean, it's not the norm that we face. And I had a meltdown because I was like, I have a baby and a toddler, and I am teaching a kindergartner and a first grader. And I bawled because I'm like, I don't have time for this. And a lot of times as Christians, we'll just say, well, I just don't have the grace for that. That's somebody else's, you know, whatever. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you have the grace for any situation you find yourself in because I am with you. And so I just want to encourage you as we're facing challenges, you have the grace for this. And sometimes we just got to ask the Lord um, for that. And then Nancy stole one of my verses. <laughs> um, All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Sometimes we got to put the promise into action and apply it. Um, potty training my girls was really hard. <laughs> And now I'm working with Donovan, and we got part one done, and we were working on part two, and I'm like, I don't know how to, you kind of got to pay attention to your body. And I just, because God had spoken that verse to me, um, and this applies to any teaching, not just potty, but 
um, I was like, Lord, I don't know how to teach this. And you promised that my children would be taught by the Lord. So I asked that you would. The next day, he's like, hey, Mom, I got to go potty. And I was like, praise Jesus. Because I did not want it to be a two-year process like it was previously. So when you're facing challenges, remember the promises of God and say, listen, you said, call, call him out. Hey, you said, help me here. Um, so we're just going to pray about that. Um, I'm going to pray for you. Another verse, Psalm 3. This is one of my verses that has impacted my life. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. A shield stands between you and danger. And there's a lot of unknowns. And if fear tries to come, the Lord is a shield. He is standing between you and danger. Um, and then the promise in James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Ask in faith. So Father God, I just lift up every teacher, every administrator, every Sunday school teacher, every parent who has taken this on, every homeschool parent, even homeschooling is different when things are shut down. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. First of all, that we are in a country that has options, Lord, that there's not just one way to educate children, but that there are many ways to do it and to do it successfully. So Lord, I just ask that you would pour out wisdom on every teacher in whatever capacity they are teaching. Lord God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you have unconventional answers for unconventional problems. Lord, we ask for grace in families. Lord, parents who work and teach and do whatever kinds of things, Lord. This is not too difficult for you. Lord, we just ask for your presence, Father God. I just ask that you would give creative ways. Lord, even just for prayer and scripture teaching to come into this, Lord God, that this would be an opportunity to teach our kids how to pray about the things that bother them and to see answers to their prayer because you honor that childlike faith. God, I ask for your protection and for the health and well-being of teachers and their families, Lord, and the people they encounter, Lord God. And for our families at home as well, Lord, we just thank you that you are our shield in these times where we don't know what is happening. And Lord, we just declare over each child that is touched that they will not fall behind. Lord, that teachers and parents and your presence would cause them to excel. Father God, that your people would stand out as lights in the darkness, Lord. That teachers would be a source of peace in their classrooms, whatever that classroom looks like. That administrators would be a source of assurance and confidence. We ask that you would put a special blessing on each one, Father God. We ask for the transformation of education in this time. Lord, according to the way that you have designed education to work. Father God. Things are changing, but they don't just have to change for the worst. We just declare blessing and transformation and well-being over schools and communities in this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we all stand? We're going to um, sing the blessing right now. Gather your kids. If you have your kids next to you, gather, gather them close and and let's just um, pray this blessing over them as it comes from the scripture.
Everybody's singing.
Can I just say something real quick? Look at this group of young people up here. What if these shutdowns of schools have nothing to do with the virus? What if Satan sees the next generation coming and he's trying to separate these kids? What if this is not about a virus? What if this is about separating, conquering, and dividing? I want to pray against that right now in Jesus' name. I want to sing this again. May his presence go before you. Where you guys go, there is no virus. Where our children enter, there is no virus. In Jesus' name. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you. All around you, within you, he is with you, he is with you, in the morning, in the evening, in your
Well, normally at this point, I would go fix a problem that we're having on the live stream side of things. But uh, hey, kids are dismissed um, if they haven't been already. But yeah, normally, we, I don't know, for whatever reason, that microphone's not coming through um, the way it's supposed to. So I'd go running around there, and we'd, we'd get it all fixed up and ready to go. But that's not happening this morning. That's all right. We're, uh, we're going to learn what it's like to preach with one of these. And... Uh, you know, we just, we're just excited because of what God does. Uh, Doug showed up this morning, and I'm fairly certain he was ready to burst. He's just, there's just, there's just an anticipation that's building. Um, we, we, and we welcome all the visitors, too. Uh, before we go any further, let's, let's give our visitors a round of applause. We, we cannot be more grateful that you're here. Um, and one thing we do always... Uh, that I know Don always touches on, and we want to make sure we continue to touch on that, is uh, that we, if you're, if you're another church and you, your church hasn't started having services yet and you're visiting us this morning because of that, we ask you to please, while we appreciate and love that you're coming, and please continue to come as long as you need to, but any of your offerings, any of your financial givings, we ask that you continue to do that to your home church as they are going to be in desperate need of, as well of your, your financial gifts. So we are blessed that you're here. We want you to continue to come and be blessed, and we are honored that you're here, uh, but we also understand the situation that other churches are walking through financially, so we do. We ask that you continue to give to them, and uh, for those of you here, uh, you have have the opportunity to give online as always uh, we're, we're up on Facebook we're you know we've got push pay all of those things um, we just we love the fact um, that that we have so many opportunities to continue to reach out into the community uh, this morning and if you haven't shared the live stream yet please make sure you do that um, we're working on putting the numbers together just to show you through the through this whole quarantine through the downtime just to show you the impact that each and every one of you who shared the live stream that you made out into the community and not just the local community we're talking across the globe across the world um, you would just be amazed at uh, how many people were reached uh, just because of you simply clicking share on Facebook. And so we, uh, we're continuing on, and it's just been a powerful, I mean, how many, how many of these sermons these last several weeks have just been on point? I mean, no, let's, let's admit it, no pressure to the guy who preaches next. All right, Don tells me, Pastor Don tells me, hey, uh, I'm going uh, to have Breno preach, and then you're going to follow Breno. I'm like, Ser seriously, man? Seriously. You're going to have Breno come up and preach, and then the next week, yeah, I... I'm nervous. I am, man. I mean, let's let's give Breno a round of applause. How many, the sermon last week, just just killing it, uh, and, and and we see that over and over and over because we believe God is speaking something, and God is not a God of just you know like a sporadic, just you know kind of you know if you you think of like a bird shot where you just you, you shoot a gun and it goes everywhere and you hope you hit something. This has been on point. This has been an arrow uh, right to the heart of the matter and right to the heart of the issue. And we want to continue to that. And we want to continue to see that because we've been so excited that in a time like this, God has used it for his honor and his glory. And we're going to get into it a little bit about how it is times like this that we need to go to. Because that is the times that God all of a sudden grabs our attention, says, now that I've got you, now I can do something. Now that you're not focused on everything else that's going on out in the world, now that you're at home, maybe, you know, with your kids, now that you're, um, you know, everybody at work is talking about it and they're concerned and they're worried and they're, everything is kind of shook for them, now you can open up and have a conversation. 
I believe now for these last several months has been the biggest opportunity we as a church have had, and in some places we've missed. But in other areas, we've hit the mark. But we continue to have these opportunities to go into a world that is paying attention more than they've ever paid attention before to what we're doing on Sunday mornings in this building. And one of the areas that God has really been laying on my heart has just been this, this idea of faith and in healing. And we, I mean, we obviously we hear about it every day of the sickness and the disease and everything that's going on. And, and God has just been continuing to, to, to kind of lay this out. And, and I had a great opportunity uh, when, when Dave Campbell was here and we got started talking. He's working on his new book, which will be out this fall. Make sure you get a copy of it. That's my call out today for him letting me use some of his material. Um, but it's going to be coming. And he sent me his chapter on healing, and it's just powerful of what it is that God is preparing to do, not just here in this community, but across this planet. He's getting ready to move in a way uh, that, he's, that, that, we've, that I believe we've never seen before on this earth. And, and from beginning to end, uh, the, the Bible teaches that supernatural healing is a legitimate part of his activity. He made us, why can he not heal us? And so my sermon title this morning is, My God Still Heals. That's my God. That's the God I serve. I hope he's your God. And if he's your God, guess what? He still heals. Because here's the truth. Here's what, what shook me up so much. My wife gave me a, a, a little quote that she had heard, and this just shook me up. And it really takes time to, to just chew on it and ruminate on it and just really think it through because it, it really hits you right in the forehead about the God that you serve. And it has to do with faith. And faith for us begins at the point that we stop calling God a liar. Yeah. I'm thinking on it. I'm not calling God a liar. I'm saying I believe what God has written in his scripture. I believe what God has written in the Bible. I believe what God has said about himself. I believe what God has said about me. And I believe what God has said about you. And I believe uh, what God has said that he will do. I believe all of it. And if I don't, I'm calling God a liar. And that's a powerful, powerful statement as we work through this idea of healing because we all love to see this, this, this idea of healing take place where people come forward and somebody lays their hands on them and they wipe out clean on the floor and they get up and they dance around when, they're, you know, when they could never do that before. We love to see that. And it's so incredible when, when God does that of, of the, just the, the testimony that comes out of it. But we also see on a daily basis those who need psychological healing those who need mental healing, those who need marriage healing, those who need, you know, kid healing, those who need, you know, the physical healing from, from everything that's going on. But we see so many areas where God will heal people, and it has nothing to do, let me, let me be clear on this, this is something that Dave and I talked about, this is not about if I have enough faith, then this is going to happen. I mean, if it doesn't, if a healing doesn't take place, it's not because, oh, I didn't have enough faith. So let's be clear, really clear on that. It's, it's, you know, it's something where they, you'll, you'll hear people talk about that, and they prayed over them, and, and, the, and the person still passed away, and it's, oh, we just didn't have enough faith. No, that's, that's not it exactly. You know what? Even, even Lazarus, who, rose from the, who was brought back from the dead, guess what happened to him at some point later on in life? 
he, he passed away. He didn't live forever. And there's God has a timing in, in each and every one of it. And it, so in healing also, you know, it's one of those things that it, it does not exclude the proper consultation with doctors, nor does it overlook our responsibility to treat our bodies as temples um, and of the Holy Spirit and keep ourselves healthy in the process. But here's one of the names, and I, and I love this because this, again, this comes from Dave Campbell. I would have never figured this out on my own. One of the names for God is Yahweh Rapha, and that is the Lord our healer. And that comes out of Exodus. The Lord our healer. And do you believe that? Do you believe this morning that the Lord is our healer? I, I guess we should establish that first. Do you believe? Can you raise your hand this morning and say, God, by God heals? Can we believe that? Because it says it in Scripture, and we're going to prove it this morning. But, but oftentimes um, it has been misunderstood, and it has been discarded where the church maybe has lost touch with the desire of God to heal. It has been abused by unscrupulous individuals who are preying upon the sick for financial or ministry ministry gain. It is hard to uphold in our Western society where we have an abundance of medical help and where our belief system has become heavily influenced by the humanistic rationalism of our age. We can rationalize everything. And sometimes it just comes down to what we call, but God. Just that time where God steps up and comes through. And yet through all of this, hear me on this point, Healing is important to God. So I've got four principles here that we're going to move through um, inside of those a couple of other points. But the first principle is that God wants to heal the sick. God wants to heal the sick. When Jesus first sent his disciples out, he gave them this commission. And this is the, the scripture that goes along with today. This is his commission. This is the very first thing that he says to his disciples as he sends them out. Matthew 10, verse 1. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The first thing. The first thing he does when he sends out his disciples and, the, and he sends them out in the Great Commission, and this is what he says to them. He gives them the authority to heal every disease and every affliction. Who believes we're still under that commission today, right? Are we still under that? Okay, so we're still saying we have that power, am I right? That God is still wanting to heal the sick today. To heal the sick was the very first thing Jesus called his disciples to do. And Scripture indicates that God heals for these four primary reasons. I'm going to give you four primary reasons. God heals because it is in his nature to heal. It's who he is. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord, your healer. That's who God is. God heals because he is compassionate. Who's grateful we serve a compassionate God? Absolutely. In his self-revelation to Moses, the very first thing God declares about himself is his compassion. The Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious. He heals because he is compassionate. God heals because the demonstration of supernatural power gives authority to the preaching of the kingdom. And this is a great one because this is the one we all get hung up on. Oh, God, if you would just let me walk into church this morning, put my hands on them, and they would be healed in an incredible way, and it would go out across the live stream, and everybody would see it. Just think of all the people who would come to FFM on Sunday morning. Am I right? I mean, come on, who, has, who hasn't thought about if I could just win the lottery, Lord, I would give, I would give at least 90% to you. Right. 
That's, that's the point we reach. Am I right? God, if you would just do this for me, then I'll do this back for you. But God heals because he wants to demonstrate his supernatural power. And we see it. We do see it. And I'm going to ask you in a little bit. So for those of you who have been through a healing, I'm going to prepare you now. I'm going to ask you in a little bit to, to, to show your testimony by raising your hand. We're going to get to that. But God does that to demonstrate his supernatural power. And from there, it leads into this greater uh, spread of his work. You know, but, but God doesn't need anything. He doesn't, inside of this, he doesn't need to authenticate his message. But in his mercy, he has provided for the demonstration of his supernatural power, often through healing, to be a means by which people who otherwise would not believe might come to faith. So somebody else who might not walk through that door to come in here, if they have heard that, that at church, you know what, maybe it's a crazy church down the road, and that's okay, we can be that crazy church down the road, but they've heard the story of who went in there, and they had cancer, and they were within weeks of passing away, or there was nothing the doctors could do, and we've heard this story in here where they went back into the doctor, doctor said, I don't know what to tell you, I, I, I don't know, but guess what, it's gone. Do you think the community hears about that? Come on, Amen. Yeah, the community, does they hear about that? Absolutely. You know where they're going to go the first time they need somebody to pray over them? They're going to go to a church. But that also doesn't take away our calling to go out into the community. There was something, um, Mike, Mike Munson, you talked about that. I'm going to go ahead and steal your thunder, Mike. He goes into Walmart, right? There's a young man in there who started working at Walmart. Anybody know anybody in here, Clay Hall, who works at Walmart? Clay Hall's in there praying for somebody. Come on. Hey, let me ask you this. Clay Hall, you, what are you, 16? Are you 16, 15? 16. How many of us 40, I'm not 40, how many of us late 30-year-olds have stopped at Walmart to pray for somebody? No, I'm too busy. I got to go. I got to run. I'm embarrassed. What if they say no? 16-year-old showed me up. Great. Thanks a lot, Clay. Great. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But he's called us up because we sit here and we wait for them to come in that door. And you know what? They're going to come in the door when they hear, they hear the stories of the goodness of God, and that's what God is doing through there. But there's also a time we have to go into the community, and we have to seek them out, and we have to draw them in. We have to pull them in, and we have to pray over them, and we have to say, see the goodness of my God in your life. God heals to bring glory to his name. When Jesus... Uh, when the news came to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, he replied, this illness does not lead to death. And we've been hearing about Lazarus last night and this morning, Betty. Um, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. They weren't happy when Jesus wasn't there before he died to heal him. They probably weren't happy that, you know, they, they barked at him. They, they were upset. If you had been here, if you had been here, none of this would have happened. And they were doubting the power of God because it is just as easy for God to raise the dead as it is for him to heal the sick, as it is for him to reach you right here this morning in whatever situation that you're in. In whatever that you're going through, the same power that raised Lazarus from the dead is the same power that flows this morning in this place. In whatever situation that you're in. Our second principle is the importance of of corporate ministry through the healing that, that, that God provides. And uh, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 
uh, verses 12 through 31, within the body of Christ there is a widespread bestowal of spiritual gift uh, above, uh, upon all of our members. And of all these gifts, this is important, of all these gifts, healing, healing is the only one mentioned in the plural. That's important because this is an implication that God desires to bestow many gifts of healing upon a significant number of believers. We don't have to be the the man at the pool who had to get there first. God wants to do a work in each and every one of the lives that's in here. And as humans... if I asked who in here could use healing somewhere in their life, if somebody kept their hand down and said, nope, everything in my life is perfect, I, I won't say you're a liar. I'm just saying I want to know what's, what you're doing in your life because I'm going to get beside you because each and every one of us in this place has something in our life right now this morning that we would love, we would do anything for, for God to walk in those doors, come up, touch that area, and heal it instantaneously. Absolutely we would. But that's why we come every Sunday and we lift each other up. We, th- we sing songs of praise even when, you know what, even when we don't feel like it. Even when there's times we show up and we don't feel like singing that song of praise. You know what, I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to lift him up anyway because maybe Lazarus is laying there, you know, he's not, but he's laying in the grave saying it's day one. Why am I still dead? It's day two. Why am I still dead? And day three. And they're outside the tomb saying, if he had gotten here before he had died, he'd still be alive. And you're in a tomb this morning, and maybe you feel like you're on day 3,286. You're like, where's my God at? I've been in this tomb for too long. I've prayed the prayers. I've asked for the healing. I've asked for everything. But let me tell you this. When God does show up, when he comes into your situation, when he calls you out of that grave, are you going to come out of that grave? Are you going you to come out with your hands lifted higher? Are you going to continue to lay there? Because, well, you don't want to get up and face what's outside of that grave. But I'm encouraging you this morning. When God comes and calls you out, he's giving you a testimony for the time that you spend in that tomb. He's giving you the goodness of who he is. He's showing himself powerful to the entire community because he sees what's inside of you even when you feel there's nothing but deadness and dry bones what is he going to do he's going to call forth those dry bones and he's going to unwrap those cloths off of you he's going to put flesh back on the dry bones he's going to breathe life into you like you've never experienced before who wants a breath from god in their life this morning come on now let's hear it he's going to breathe that life into you this morning and then you are going to go and celebrate the goodness of god into the community you are going to show up on a sunday morning and you're going to stand up here and you're going to say I was at a bad place, and God met me. And you know what? I didn't mess around with it. I didn't wait. I went right back up to the altar. I double-dipped this morning. I went right back to the altar, and I praised God for what he did for me. And corporately, we come together to praise God. Our third principle, this is the one where, like I said, the faith part of it, the faith is where it's really fun to kind of wrestle and to work your way through it. But um, 
Our third principle is our faith in God is, is demonstrated by action. And see, faith is much more than just a feeling. It's much more than just, you know, really trying to like squeeze it out of you. And God, I've, I've got enough faith. I really do. I, I've got enough faith. I'm going to be able to do it. It's more than that feeling. Right? We could take a poll right now and we'd have a, a million different feelings in here, right? How do you feel right now? Have you ever thought about how many emotions and feelings that we have? Do we, do we find it easy to express emotions? Some, some of them, I mean, it's just you're, you're praying over, you know, Johnny Carlos, and you start crying. I mean, some of us, maybe it comes out a little too quick. But other ones, you know, maybe it takes a little bit more different areas. And, and you know, be honest, we've all watched a film where, where we started crying, right? Or we, we love films where we get drawn in. We really want to be pulled into it. And, and Madeline, uh, my seven-year-old, she loves to watch movies where she cries. I don't, I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. But she loves to watch them. But that, the, ones, the ones that make her cry. And it's like, you're set. Anyway. But it's fun to watch because then she comes and snuggles up to me and I get to be the hero. You know, or, or for some of us, we get excited when, uh, when football is on. Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus, let there be football on. But we get excited, right? We get, we get involved in it. We get, our feelings really come out. Our emotions come out. And we, we want to feel like we're right there while we're watching it. You know, and our emotions come out when they come out and say they're going to cancel the fall season. I mean, that's, we're getting real now, right? The, I mean, you felt emotions. I'm sure some of us did. I mean, we'll, we'll become so emotionally involved for, for Eddie when he's watching his favorite team in Brazil, and he can smell the smells as he's watching, and he can hear the crowd as, he stand, as if he's standing right there. He immerses himself in it, and in that moment, he returns all the way back home to when he is in the, in the stadium watching his favorite team. That's our emotions. That's our feelings coming into play. And these feelings are a gift from God. They are. They are truly a gift from God. And we can feel happy. We can feel playful. We can feel calm, confident, courageous, peaceful, joyful, comfortable, optimistic, delighted, encouraged, satisfied, jubilant. We can also feel angry. We can be afraid, depressed, hopeless, confused, hurt, and sad. And for some of us, we can do all of those in one day. But those are all just, just a, a small amount of the emotions that, and the feelings that we can go through. And these emotions, again, they are a gift from God. But hear this point right here. Feelings and emotions are a very poor measure of the truth. We become a little bit hazy when it comes to facts when we let our emotions and our feelings get in the way. See, as believers, we are to live by faith, not by sight. There are times when the situations we are in or the circumstances of our life may appear to indicate that God is not for us or that He is, he is giving us too much to handle. Yet even in difficult times, we are to live by faith in God's Word, which tells us, despite our circumstances, God is for us and He is not against us. Because here's a hard truth. We hear this all the time. God would never give me more than I can handle. Guess what? This whole life without God is more than you can handle. That's the truth. And if God didn't sometimes allow situations to occur that reminded us of how badly I need Him in my life, Guess what? I'd become dependent upon my own power. 
I'd become dependent upon my own strength. And, and I don't plan on doing that again because I've been there and I realize if I want anything in this life that doesn't leave me feeling depressed, angry, and complete and beaten down, I need God in my life. It draws me closer to Him. It is during those times where, where we must turn to God, draw closer to Him, and we need to live by faith in the promises of God's Word, not what our feelings may tell us. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. For again, 2 Corinthians 5-7, we live by faith, not by sight. Again, there's nothing wrong with showing emotion. But we must believe and obey God's words no matter how we feel. We may feel like we can't go on. I mean, during this time, homes, those who have had to teach kids at home, I, I was thinking of, uh, I was going to pray for them too, but Kevin and Angela Lawrence. I, I, Angela Lawrence was heavy on my heart because, man, she's in a, a, another country. She's by herself, and she's trying to teach kids and work as a missionary in another country. I mean, God bless her. Please, Jesus, plus go through a pandemic and get locked at home for hours and days and months. See, we may feel like it's impossible to forgive someone. Most of us probably don't feel like rejoicing in the, in the midst of a pandemic or, or in the midst of cancer, a divorce, or the loss of a loved one. We don't feel like giving thanks in everything, but we can choose to trust God and obey God's word. So I'll ask you again, how do you feel this morning? How do you feel right now? Are you happy? Are you expectant? Are you joyful? Are you confident? Angry, confused, sad, worn out, burned out, absolutely fatigued? Our emotions can drain the very strength from our bodies, but physically, both, both physically and spiritually. So we're going to start asking this question today. Does your body or your mind, does it need healing? See, do you have faith that our Almighty God can work a miracle in your life right now? But sometimes we allow our emotions to override our knowledge. Sometimes when we've been in that grave so long, we begin to doubt what God can do or if God's going to do anything. We become so caught up uh, in our emotions, we begin to, to act upon our feelings rather than the knowledge of truth. And sometimes we forget things about God that are just basic and true. Again, we must remember... We live by faith and not by feelings. We so easily forget what God has said in his word, and we ignore the promises that, ours, that are ours in Christ. And God loves you. Hear me on this. God loves you even when you do not feel like worshiping or praising him. I still love my kids when they're mad at me. And you try not to laugh because they're so cute when they're so angry at you. But you know what? Even when they don't understand why they're in the situation they're in, uh, with me as a father. I still love them, and I, I still want the best for them, and I still, I, I still am, am looking out for what's best. And see, God loves you even when you fall short and succumb to temptation and feel unworthy of his grace. God is faithful even when you are not faithful. God is still there even when you cannot feel his presence. God does not condition his love, mercy, or grace upon your ability to feel him. 
The knowledge that his mercy, that his mercy endures forever is a fact. It's not a feeling. That's a fact. In a world where we don't really have anything that's fact, this is a fact. His mercy endures forever. We keep our spiritual eyes on Jesus, and he will lead us through the storm. For again, we live by faith, not by sight. See, sight, sight trusts in what we can see, doesn't it? If I can see it, I'll believe it. But faith looks to God. Faith looks to God. Sight, it focuses on how we could do something, on my strength. What can I do? But faith focuses on the God who can. Sight uh, says, my problem is bigger than I can handle. Faith says, God is bigger than my problem. Sight says, take matters into your own hands. Faith places them into God's care. Sight relies on self. Faith waits on God. Sight is based on how we feel. Faith is based on the word and promises of God. Sight looks at how bad things appear to be. Faith looks beyond the circumstances. If you look at the storm, you will see the lightning, you will hear the thunder, you will see the rain. You're going to miss what's inside of the storm that God is trying to do. If you look at your situation, you will not see what God sees and you will not see what God can do. If you look at your circumstances, you will only see the trials and tribulations. And faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews 11. Faith, faith, the confidence of things hoped for. The essence of what has yet to be revealed. The evidence of things not seen. That's faith. The proof that we have only by believing. The indication of God's truths and promises revealed by his word. Let me, I want to remind you, 1 Corinthians 2.9, here's a great verse. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Again, that's by faith, not by sight. Faith rooted and grounded in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Faith that understands and believes in the infallibility of the Word of God. Faith to move beyond how circumstances and situations may make you feel. Faith to believe God is able. Faith when you can't figure out how to pay your bills. Faith when you can't figure out what's going on with your marriage. Faith to figure out what's going on when you show up to the hospital and they say there's nothing more we can do. Faith when your kids are going crazy. Faith when life is all messed up and you're trying to get a handle on it and you have nowhere else to turn, nothing else to do. Faith when the world feels like it's falling apart. I mean, let's listen to the headlines, which maybe I shouldn't give all of them because it'll freak everybody out. I mean, there's memes right now who's like, you know, who had double hurricane and, you know, and it, come at this point, I mean, now, you know, we've got meteors coming, we got hurricanes, we got pandemic, we got, you know, murder hornets, we've got, you know, killer everything. The whole world's gonna, yeah, you know what? My God. My God. Yeah, you know what? There are times where my emotions spark up and I have fear. I do. What do I do with that? I take it to God. I lay it on the altar before God. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. Of course I'm going to have fear. Of course I'm going to be uncertain. Of course I'm going to sit back and wonder what to do when I can't figure it out because I want to do it on my own. And in that moment, God stops me and says, bring it to me. 
And it, it's crazy out there. It's crazy. It's, I, I mean, you just you wake up wondering what, what, does, what does December have for us? I mean, I'm trying to think of something creative. I honestly can't think of anything crazier than what the, you know, what's actually out there that's taking place. Sharknado or Sharknado? Yeah, there we go. There's November. Great. Way to go. I mean, we just, it reaches a point where you can't even write, like if we wrote a movie about 2020, the suspension of disbelief could not happen for most people. You would look at it and be like, all right, now Hollywood's just done. They're out of ideas. See, we have to have faith to believe that God is able. When the enemy, who in here has had the enemy seeking to drag you down? Take it to God. Who's got faith for that? Come on. Faith when the troubles seem more than you can bear. Faith when it feels like everyone and everything is against you. I mean, who, we have days like that. We get up in the morning. First thing we, I mean, we leave the house and it's just, you, my poor wife, it's chaotic in there. And then you get to work and everything's going wrong and everything's breaking and everything, you know, costing money to fix it and everything is going wrong and you're getting phone calls and text messages. It's just like, what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go sit down by the river, turn my phone off and please nobody find me because it just feels like life is against you. And then, you know, for some of you, though, it's a whole lot worse than that. You go to the doctor and you find out news you don't want to hear. You, you hear, you know, you're, you get something from your wife or from your husband that just completely destroys you. Your kid, you know, leaves and, and, and you don't know where to go. And you, and you come, you know, on a ministry night. And we had this last night. Um, somebody showed up because it, and they were here on a ministry night. And everything in their life just seemed to go wrong that day. You're right. In our own power, it's more than we can handle. That's the point. It proved, it proved the need for God in their life. And they turned to God, and they went to God. They brought their faith to God. Faith when the storm comes. Faith when the mountains need to be moved. Faith when, you feeling, when your feelings cloud your view of God, and faith that God can bring healing and, wholesomeness, and wholeness to your life. That's faith. And then the fourth principle, the empowering of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Jesus himself relied on the Holy Spirit to do the works he did. Jesus told the disciples that they would be clothed with power from on high in Luke 24 and baptized with the Spirit in Acts 1. The results were evident on the day of Pentecost. The disciples moved from fear into a faith that manifested itself in a constant flow of signs and wonders. And this accompanied the rapid spread of the gospel. God's plan has not changed, and his gifts have not ceased. Here are some truths that you can rely on. His unchanging nature. His promises, not your feelings, his promises. See, Jesus, he died for me. He died for you. He died for us. If you're in here this morning, he died for you. If you're watching online, he died for you. And maybe you're feeling that God is far away from you today. You can draw near to him in prayer no matter how you feel. Have faith in Jesus Christ in your difficult time. See, here, here's what Jesus Christ is. This, this is a list. Here are the things that Jesus Christ is. And if this is what he is to you, I want to hear you this morning. We're not in a tomb. 
If we need some dry bones to rattle, maybe that's going to be you shouting out what it is that, that, that God is to you. Jesus Christ, He is your bread when you are hungry. He is your comfort when you are lonely. Who's been lonely in here? Come on. He is your peace when you are feeling tense. He is your rest when you are feeling weary. He is your joy when you are feeling sad. He is your strength when you are weak. He is your living waters when you are thirsty. And He's your wisdom when you are confused. Your protection when you are endangered. My favorite one. He is your supply when you're feeling empty. He is your supply when you're feeling empty. So as the worship team comes and begins to get ready, we're going to have a little bit of time where we're going to be able to really understand and truly know what God means to each and every one of us. But more excited, I, this is what I'm excited about. I feel this morning that there are going to be some of us who are going to be called to, to, to show a testimony to those around who may be uh, feeling like they're still in that grave. So today I want you to have, if, if you've been there, and I, I've seen just about every hand go up this morning. And I know, I know, I know that each and every one of us in here are, are struggling with something, we're fighting with something, we're dealing with something that we're trying to work our way through, and, we're, and, we're, and we've reached a point where we're just crying out to God and we're calling out to God and we want Him. We want Him to come and meet us, but we want Him to come and meet us in our way. We want him to come and, and do what it is that our expectation is. But this morning, this morning, I want you to take all those feelings, all those emotions, everything that, that's been welling up inside of you, and I want you just to take an opportunity. When we open up the, the, open up the front here, I want you to take the opportunity just to come and say, God, I, I, I don't need it done my way. I need it done your way. I've been in this tomb. I've gone through everything. I've gone through death. He had to go through death. Just to be raised from the dead, he had to die. And if he was sick and ill, it probably wasn't quick and painless. It would have been something that would have been brutal. It would have been difficult. It would have been painful. It would have been miserable. And this whole time, Lazarus is believing through all of this, he's going on and he's going on because he believes that, that Jesus, his Savior, is going to show up before death comes. Jesus is going to show up. And in his last breath, you know, I, I'm trying to just imagine it, what I would be going through. In my last breath, I would be taking it and I would be, where was God? Where, where was Jesus? Why didn't he come? I prayed for him to come. Why didn't he show up for me? Why did I have to go through all of this pain and suffering? But you know what we're doing 2,000 years later? We're talking about a man who went through pain and suffering and died and laid in the tomb until Jesus came at the perfect time, in the perfect situation, to bring the healing that he needed. through all of this, I've 
touched on it a couple of times, where, where God calls himself our healer and all of the other things that he is. And we could go through a whole sermon. We could go through a whole sermon to talk about everything that God says he is. And to ignore what God has said about himself and about you and about his word and about what it is that he wants to do in your life, again, that is calling him a liar. So I want us to stand this morning. No, actually, sit down. Stay there. Stay there. I got a better idea. That man needs prayer. If you're in here this morning and you have gone through a physical healing in your life, God came down and touched you and healed you. I'd like for you to stand this morning. I want you to stand this morning. Give me just a second there, buddy. Who believes God heals? Who believe God is? All right, my next one. If you've gone through a psychological healing or mental healing, I want you to stand. My God still heals. If you have received spiritual healing in your life, I want you to stand. Really quick. Now. Just like Pastor saying, God healed me, healed my knee. A lot of you guys seen it right here on this platform. And what was holding me back of my healing, it wasn't my faith. God told me I had to tell all you. After he healed me, he had, he was, I had to tell all you, and I didn't want to. Because whatever. But it's true. I had the faith. God healed me. And you've seen it. I wasn't planning on running on this platform up here. I wasn't planning on jumping up and down. But God did it. God did it. He did it his way. Not my way. His way. And that's what we got to do. My God still heals this morning. So as we start to sing, you may already be standing, and maybe you need a double dip, and you need to come for healing this morning. Or maybe you've been sitting there, and you're looking around, and you're seeing all of these other ones whose, whose promises have come true. I want you to go ahead and stand this morning if you're still sitting. That is my prophetic way of saying that God is going to heal the need that you have. God's not forgetting about you. God's not leaving you. God is on his way to the tomb. The altar is open. We have elders up here to pray over you. If you need spiritual physical, emotional, mental, if you need healing in a marriage, if you need healing with your kids, if you have a spot in your life that you've been holding on to, that you need a touch from God this morning, that you need healing.
Father God, right now, we close our eyes, we bow our heads. God, we just ask that your healing power come in this place. And I just call you forward. If you need to come forward this morning, I call you forward. Come receive the healing power that, that God has promised. Come receive that touch from him this morning.
that's coming for them. Everything Let me hear your voice this morning. You have spoken yes, will. will come to pass. Let it be right now, God. Who's got time? Like a flood. Like a flood. we just praise you this morning. God, we praise you that you don't just cast us aside. God, 
God, you draw us in and you draw us closer to who you are. God, I praise you that right now you're not just off across the, the cosmos somewhere, but God, you're here this morning. Your Holy Spirit is here this morning. One more time. 
What I love the most is, as we've looked at the altar, the young people who have just come forward, and not, not only just for prayer, but to support others as well, and just to pray with each other, and just to see across just this whole age spectrum. God is doing something from the beginning into the end. God is moving. God is working. God has plans. And this morning, if you, if you really truly feel it or not, God has a plan for you in your life this morning. And I would, I would be, I'd, be re, I'd be wrong if I didn't at least take a second here just to very quickly. If you do not have the Lord as your personal Savior this morning and, and, and you've just been kind of hanging back and watching all of this, a word for you, God is here for you. God loves you. When everything else in your life failed, God has been leading you to this place this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody, I'm going to ask you, everybody to close their eyes right now just for a second. We're gonna, we want to be, we want to make it easy for you. We want to support you in this. But if there is one person here this morning who has not accepted Christ as your Savior, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Christ, I want to at least give you the opportunity to raise your hand this morning to receive Jesus into your life. Is there anybody this morning? We want to come to minister in every way we can. And we, we celebrate the fact um, that, that we can come and we can call out to God and cry out to God. And we love seeing these lives changed up here. Um, as we wrap up, two really quick things. And he keeps running off and praying for somebody. But uh, Jeb Miller, hey, buddy, I see you over there, Jeb. I feel God is just, he's speaking. And it's a calling up. It's a calling. You've been, you've been great. Jeb's story is amazing. Jeb has a great story already the way it is. But there's plans in your heart. There's plans in your mind. There's a blueprint. You all right back there, Dave? But Jeb, there's a blueprint that God's placed in your mind. And God's ready to call those out of you. God's ready to call him forward. I can't wait to see what God's about to do. You've been wild and crazy already, but you know what? It's about to go even further. And for the rest of you, as we've seen ministry take place up here this week, my last, my very last challenge to you is this. We are a church in the community to impact the community. I will not be shown as, you know what, I'm great. I'm proud of Clay Hall for doing what he did. But I'm going to go shame on me. And I'm going to say a challenge to each and every one of you this morning. Go to Walmart, go to Meijer, go to your job, go to wherever it is that you need to be, and you find that person that needs you to pray for them. And you grab them. And you say, may I pray for you this morning. And if 350 people do, 300 people do that, we're going to be in the community to impact the community. 
So that's my challenge to you this morning. And if you ask them for a need to pray over, you will get a need from them to pray over. They have something. So let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. We praise you. God, we thank you that you have come this morning and poured it out freely. So God, as, as, as we leave and go back into the community, God, give us the strength, the courage, and the might to seek out the lost, to pray for the lost, to, to draw them in from the highways and the byways, and to do it, God, with just a passion uh, that speaks to the love and affection that we have for you. So we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming and you are dismissed.